Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. DJ Bucky here. And, Buck, for those that don't know, uh, we don't have one podcast a week. We don't have two. Three, three, three times you can check out our podcast. We typically do it throughout the week. Normally, it's Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. You always can kind of get our stuff. Yeah, there you go. And this is going to be the video show today. So if you're listening to this right now, be sure to uh, go to NFL.com slash MTS video. You can check out uh, the video that we've got going on here. All right, a lot of ground to cover here. Why don't you fill the folks in on what's coming? Well, obviously, we're down to the Final Four. So we're going to take a look at the AFC and NFC Championship previews. We're going to talk about the declared underclassmen, who we are excited about. And we also will talk about who we're going to see at the East-West Ryan game. All right, before we get to all that stuff, though, we do have a little bit of breaking news here, and that is the Tennessee Titans, where it looked like things were headed towards an extension from Mike Malarkey. Now it looks like these teams, they're headed for a divorce. It is over. The Titans even released a statement saying they had kind of philosophical differences of where to go in the future. Mike Malarkey is out as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. It sounds like they wanted Mike Malarkey to make some changes to his his coaching staff, and I would probably suggest that it's probably the offensive staff. So much of the conversation coming out of Tennessee had been about Marcus Mariota, uh, why he regressed this season, why wasn't he performing up to par, and I believe, like, I don't think Mike Malarkey did a bad job. I just don't know if Marcus Mariota, when he's not healthy, can be a traditional quarterback. When he was healthy, we saw that offense move. We saw the exotic smash mouth attack that Mike Malarkey talked about when he took over the job. We kind of saw that come to fruition, but you're kind of hamstrung. The guys on the outside, Corey Davis was hurt for part of the year. You didn't necessarily have enough dynamic weapons on the outside to really be this up-tempo, high-powered offense that maybe the Tennessee fans want to see. We will see who they get in there, but a lot of it stems from what are you able to do at number eight? How can you make them comfortable? No question. Uh, Let's jump in now to some of these previews, but before we get to the AFC game between the Jags and the Patriots, uh, take a quick peek at the bracket and how we got to this point in time here, Buck. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, 
we, we, we expected the Patriots to be there. I think it was kind of a given. We thought they would be the number one seed. They would be there. But the Jacksonville Jaguars beat a game and a very, very tough Buffalo Bills team, come back, and they end up smashing a Pittsburgh Steelers team, even though it got tight. And here they are in the championship round. The Blake Bortles-led Jacksonville Jaguars taking on TB12 and company. should be a very, very exciting game to watch. Uh, both of us have been riding the Jags train here all the way to the AFC Championship game. Our buddy Damashek trying to give us a hard time there for picking the Jags last week. Come on, man. We knew it. His team Come wasn't – they weren't thinking about Come the on, Jaguars. Dave. They were thinking about the Patriots. Yeah, they're looking ahead. Uh, anyways, let's jump into this game right now, Jags and Patriots. Uh, when I look at this game from the Patriots' standpoint, you try and, try and say, okay, they will win this game and advance to the Super Bowl if, to me, the most important thing, protect the football. This Jags defense energizes their offense. When they can get points on defense, which we saw in two games against Pittsburgh this year, they were able to do. And then also just give you a short field with turnovers, and that gives the offense confidence to get rolling. So if you're the New England Patriots, you want the Jacksonville Jaguars offense to have to travel 80, 75, 85, 90. You want to keep them in a long field. You do not want to give them a short field. You've got to protect the football. That is the most important aspect in this game if you're the New England Patriots. Absolutely. I mean, we saw it play out against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got those two turnovers. They got an early interception. Miles Jack picked off one right there. And then Telvin Smith with a scoop and score. You think about that's 14 points for the Jacksonville Jaguars for a team that the offense just kind of plays a complimentary role. You're trying to protect the quarterback, not put him in harm's way. Yes, the defense is the, the driving force of that team. So if you're the Patriots, I absolutely believe that you're doing ball security drills all week. You don't want to give the Jaguars any life, and you don't want to give them short fields. All right, let's uh, flip it over to the Jags here. They, they end up going to the Super Bowl if they do what? If they run the ball. If Leonard Fournette has an outstanding attack, if he has an outstanding performance on the ground, if they run the ball and they can play defense, this is a game where I think you are trying to limit the amount of possessions that are in the game. Control the clock. I think we're playing turtle offense, meaning (laughs) slow it down, keep away offense from the start. And you want to have an opportunity to really pound the New England Patriots up front. This is a team that they do a great job of playing defense from the 20 in. But There are some vulnerabilities, particularly if you're able to run the ball and kind of establish it. Blake Bortles has to throw off play action. He's most effective when he does that. To do that, you have to be able to get number 27 going. And I know he had an ankle injury against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but anyone who watched that game saw in the first quarter, he was the dude. And he was able to set the table, made it easy for Blake Bortles to get comfortable. If they can have that kind of success against the Patriots, it gives them the best opportunity to win this game. And you know the Patriots are going to be forced on trying to take that away. They're oh, they're going to take it. They're going to take it away they're gonna, they're with the Titans. They're going to stuff the box. They're going to put everybody in there, and they're going to dare number five to make plays. This is a game where Blake Borders is going to have to make plays in the passing game. He will ultimately be the deciding factor in this contest. No question. All right, X factors in this game. Why don't you give me one here for the Jags? Uh, Barry Church. Whenever you're dealing with the New England Patriots, you have to control the middle of the field. And the middle of the field, not only by being able to stop the run and not let them get off, but the middle of the field in the passing game. When you look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady does the bulk of his work inside the numbers. The Jacksonville Jaguars do a lot of cover one lurk coverage where they have a free safety hanging in the hole. You have to have someone that can discourage Tom Brady from throwing over the middle of the field. The other part of the equation is, 
Someone has to be able to punish number 87. Rob Gronkowski is going to get the ball. He's going to get uh, 10 to 12 targets each week. But what you have to do is you have to make him pay. Someone has to beat him up. Someone has to bruise him. Someone has to make sure that every time he catches it, he takes a big lick. Barry Church has to be that guy because I don't think you can stop him, but you certainly can make him pay taxes every time he crosses the middle of the field. I like that, pay taxes. I'm going to go over to the Patriots side of things. You mentioned Gronk. I'm going to say Deion Lewis can be an X factor, your guy Deion Lewis. And I'll show you what I talk about when you watch the tape here, especially for this Patriots offense down in the red zone. They find ways to get him the football. This is a classic pick play here. It, it isn't even an effective pick. They try and run oh. a rub route here. They get him leaked out in the flat. Everybody in the league runs this. It doesn't get much of a rub from Andola, but look at the tight window. Brady still fits it in. You end up getting a nice chunk of yardage there to make it a very manageable third down using Deion Lewis in the red zone. Now you're going to see an example again in the red zone. You're going to see a Tampa 2 coverage here with the middle linebacker trying to get back to that deep middle, and they're going to try and bracket Gronk because they know in the red zone that's where the ball goes. So they're bracketing him. Look at all this real estate that leaves Deion Jones to work in, and Tom Brady is always going to take those check downs when they present themselves, and you end up getting a first down. So you get down the red zone, a lot of times you think big physical tight end, be aware of the back coming out of the backfield as well. You always have to be aware of their backs. It's not only Deion Lewis. You have to talk about James White. And then word on the street is Rex Burkhead could be back. You can expect those running backs to be major factors, not only as runners but as receivers. That is how Tom Brady prefers to go about his business. That will be a fun matchup. Those athletic Jaguar linebackers going up against these running backs for the New England Patriots. I'll be honest with you, Buck, when you look at this on paper, this Jags team stacks up very, very well against this Patriots offense. But then I just come back to two things. One, James Garoppolo. <laughs> I saw Mr. James Garoppolo kind of carve this team up a little bit. And then the second thing I come back to is I have a hard and fast rule. Never doubt Tom Brady in the postseason. Oh, come on. Who you like? I mean, what fun is it if you don't doubt TB12 and the Patriots? I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars here just yep. because of some of the reasons that you pointed out. Of all the teams that are in the tournament that can deal with the Patriots, the Jaguars are best suited to do it. You talk about a pass rush that can get there with four, but more importantly, they can get there inside up the middle with Tom Brady. You have corners on the outside that can lock up the receivers, and I believe you have an X factor in that secondary in terms of Jalen Ramsey. Look for him maybe to take on the challenge of dealing with Rob Gronkowski. I think that could be critical. On offense, if they're able to run the ball, and Blake Bortles just makes a handful of plays, doesn't give to the other team, I think the Jaguars can go on the road and win one, and they are better prepared because they practice against this guy this team for a couple days in August I think that gave them a lot of confidence in this matchup yeah look again I think it's a great matchup come on go out on the limb watch I've been riding that Jags train with you the whole time come on go out on the limb and this is where where don't be afraid don't be afraid don't be afraid sir I get off here this is where I get off (laughs) I get off in Foxborough that's my stop uh yeah I'm taking the New England Patriots I don't bet against Tom Brady in the postseason buck it's this it's this philosophy seven straight yeah, I don't mess. I don't mess with the with that dude, man. He's a bad dude. All right, let's uh before we move on to the next game here, let's go to our Ford Offensive Line of the Week, which kind of puts a nice bow on this preview. Uh, this is something that our good friends at Ford do. NFL.com/slash/Ford. Sean O'Hara writes a piece each and every week. Uh, we got to hand out the award. I, I assume we're going to go with the Jags after what they did against the Steelers, right? We have to go with the Jags. And, man, if not for a Leonard Fournette ankle injury, they may have rushed for another 200-plus yards Woo. against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They mauled the Pittsburgh Steelers at the point of attack. And this is who they are. This is their identity. The Jaguars wanted to be a physical team, a team that could put their hands on you, and they showed that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They dominated this game. And I know the score is very, very tight, and it was 45-42, so it looked like a shootout. But at the heart of this game – 
It was about the Jaguars running the ball down to Pittsburgh Steelers' throat, and they did not have an answer. By the way, Jalen Ramsey's sweet coat. <laughs> you uh, like that? That was nice. You like that? I think I think Tom Coughlin has made those guys clean up a little bit. When you're on the road, you got to wear suit and tie, suited and booted. That's what the Jaguars were. It was a clean look. I liked it. All right, the Jags, they're our offensive line of the week uh, presented by the Ford F-Series. Let's flip it over to the NFC, and as we look at the bracket and what's took place here, Buck, uh, pretty intriguing playoffs uh, so far there on the NFC side of things. Yeah, pretty intriguing playoffs. It actually has played out pretty much chalk except for the Atlanta Falcons moving on. When you look at the two teams that are left, these are the two best teams in the NFC. We thought that for the entire year they deserve to be there, and the fact that they're able to play without their starting quarterbacks speaks volumes about the way their teams were constructed. I'm excited to see what plays out in the championship game. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into this one here. I'll start us off with the Eagles. They're going to advance to the Super Bowl if, to me, the big thing in this game, protecting Nick Foles. I know a lot of people are going to point to the fact you got to run the football. Both these teams run it well, but they're also excellent at stopping the run, which is going to put the ball in the hands of the quarterback. So, to me, Nick Foles, if you can keep him protected and keep him upright, I think you'll see him get the ball to the Zach Ertz. You'll see that matchup with Xavier Rhodes going up against uh, Alshon Jeffrey. You'll see some things happen there. But none of that's going to happen if you can't keep Everson Griffin off his back. So this is going to be a big game. Vi, the big left tackle, played great against the Atlanta Falcons. He needs to take his game even to another level this week against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I absolutely agree. I I believe Nick Foles has to be protected. I believe they got to get him in his comfort zone. They found a way to get him in his comfort zone, throwing those slants, throwing some screen passes, eventually working off play action. By the end of this game, he looked like the Nick Foles that played a few years ago that had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. If they can build upon this performance, he absolutely can have a very, very good game against a very good Minnesota Vikings team. For me, I flip it on the other side. I think the Minnesota Vikings reach the Super Bowl if Case Keenum takes care of the ball. It is all about turnovers in these big games, and Case Keenum has done a great job of leading this offense. And to be honest, he has two playmakers. There you see Adam Thielen. You see Stephon Diggs being able rainbows. to make plays. They are able to do it. But it's all about these rainbow rainbows. 50-50 throws. He puts the ball up there, and he trusts his guys to get it. I've said there's been a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. We just need to make sure that he can keep the leprechaun away for another week. If he does it, we will see the Minnesota Vikings play a home game. In Super Bowl 52. I got a Super Bowl. I got a, a trivia question for you here. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The song "Pocket Full of Rainbows." Can you oh, tell me who sang I, that? Man, I don't. I don't know that song. You got to go I back, Sully. Anybody song. back there behind the glass? We might have some. I guarantee we got somebody back there that knows what this is. Pocket full of rainbows. I got a pocket full of rainbows. No way. No idea. Elvis. That's that Elvis. Yes. I should be ashamed Elvis. being a Tennessee Golly. native. Lee. Elvis. Yeah. Disappointed. I, I definitely. Oh, disappointed man. all of you back there. That's. It was in. It was in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I, wouldn't I haven't seen that, that song movie was in Jer- I believe out. that song was in Jerry Maguire. Look that up, Sully, as we go, as we march on. Yeah, I believe that song was in Jerry Maguire. I got you. Yeah, All right, thank you. All right, let's uh, let's get to the uh, to the X factors here in this game. But why don't you start us off with your X factor? All right, if I told you that Case Keenum needs to take care of the ball, the best way to protect him is to give it to the running back. Latavius Murray needs to add balance to this offense. I want to have a 50-50 game plan. I would like to see Latavius Murray have 20 or more rushing attempts because if they can run the football effectively now my man case Keenum can throw when the terms are and conditions are favorable meaning he can throw on early downs against single high defenses with eight men stacked in the box he doesn't have to worry about split field coverage he can go and attack those guys when they're one-on-one on the outside Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs but the key to doing it 
is having Latavis Murray play at a Pro Bowl level. I think people forget he was a Pro Bowl player. He is showing it as this season goes on. He is a viable option in this offense. He is someone who can kind of be a driving force if he gets it going very, very early. Ah, He's such a good running back, but, man, he runs high, Buck. He does run upright, but that's who he is. He's very much like Brandon Jacobs was. They kind of run straight for now like a little (laughs) pencil, but they find a way to get it done. All right, I'm going to go with my X Factor. I mentioned him just a little bit earlier, Alshon Jeffrey. And uh, going back and watching that game, he was not on the same page with Nick Foles previously. In this game against the Atlanta Falcons, they did get on the same page. And I thought one of the keys to their success in that game was the spacing of this offense. And I'll show you what I'm talking about here with a couple plays. You're going to see him spread the field here. This is an RPO, which Nick Foles really just kind of doesn't even read it. He just bails on the run because the linebackers are going to get out of there. He probably should have gave the ball. Um, but watch him pull up here. And now you see the spacing. They get they spread sideline to sideline. Ertz takes their sorry, Selleck takes a nice inside release to take the eyes away from inside coverage. And Alshon Jeffrey gets a layup. Now you're going to see him go three by one. Alshon Jeffrey singled up on the bottom. You look at his split gets tighter split, so he's got some room to operate, and then even gets more room as he takes an inside release and then really physical at the top of the route. And look at the separation and how easy of a throw this is for Nick Foles. You don't get separation like that at this point in the postseason without good spacing and good route running. Alshon Jeffrey can give him those layups. Again, I think this game comes down to the quarterbacks. The run games are a wash. They try and take those away. Nick Foles, Alshon Jeffrey, that's got to be a matchup that's working for the Eagles. It has to be that matchup. They have to be able to get it done. And ultimately, it's funny that you say it comes down to the quarterback because I asked somebody as I was walking up to the podcast studio, if we're playing in the park, which quarterback would you want? Would you want Case Keenum or Nick Foles? Because ultimately, this championship game is going to be decided by yep. how each of those guys perform. No question. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the pick here. Who do you like, Buck? <sighs> this You're sick with, you sick, you've been riding the Vikings for a while. I love the Vikings. I love the way the Vikings play. I think I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings again. And the reason I'm going to go with the Vikings, I just believe their defense is just a smidge better than the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to say that Case Keenum finds some more gold. At the end of those some of rainbows. those rainbows. I mean, like it can't, it can't, he can't get a bigger pot than he had the last <laughs> game. But maybe he can find a way to expand it a little bit. Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. I believe the wide receivers of the Vikings have a little advantage over the corners, and that's going to be all the difference. Well, look, this is. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, it, it, look at this. I, I was leaning towards the Vikings when I first started looking at this matchup, and then the hit the horn. Hit the horn. No, what, what? no, no, no. I'm not changing. You do it? I'm not changing. I'm going to stick with the Philadelphia Eagles, and here's here's one of the reasons why. This this defensive line, both these defensive lines are outstanding. What an advantage, though, to be at home, get that crowd noise cranked up a little bit, get off the ball. When you look at those guys inside to outside, and, and let me give you the name. I, I didn't use him as my X Factor, but here's my name to watch in this game. Can we mark the tape? Mark the tape here. Chris Long. Chris Long? Chris Long. Did Chris Long play last week? He didn't do anything last week. That's why I'm saying, Mark, this is a bold take. Chris Long in big games. Remember in the Super Bowl last year? He did. He finds a way in these big moments to make a play. I'm just telling you, Chris Long, write that down. Big big play last week. Josh Hill. He had a couple big plays in that game. A couple big, big plays down in the the stretch, too. A couple big plays in the big spot. So, nailed that one. All right. I'm going with the Eagles. You're going with the Vikings. It's going to be a fun one to watch there at the link. Looking forward to that one. All right, Buck, we do this each and every week. It's uh, it's time now to push past the expected presented by Visa. These are guys need to step their game up a little bit this week. Why don't you, uh, why don't you lead us off here? I'm going to go with the Patriots linebacker core. They need to step up. We're talking about a 
unit, a team that has to stop the run. We've talked about Leonard Fournette. All the things that we've talked about, the Jacksonville Jaguars, is about playing a physical brand of football, being able to control the clock, limit possessions, and it starts with the running game. So that guy, Calvin Noy and his buddies, they're going to have to be able to control the line of scrimmage, be in the box, and not let 27 be a factor because if Leonard Fournette is a factor, it's going to be problematic. The Patriots linebackers have to be the ones to step up to get this done for this squad. All right, I'll go with my first one here. I'm going to go Nostradamus. That's Clayus Campbell, the man who predicted the score the week before, saying, hey, if we have to win a shootout 45-42, to we'll do it. Exactly what happened. Calais Campbell, he was solid against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was not what we're used to seeing. What we've seen from him all year was not his dominating self. I think you see him step up in a big way here against the Patriots. You need your best players to play big in the big games. Got to play big. He is their best defensive player, and I say that with all respect for, for Jalen Ramsey and the rest of that crew. Calais Campbell has to be big if they're going to beat the Pats. I mean, I absolutely agree. Their front line has to win. they got to own the line of scrimmage, and if they're able to own the line of scrimmage, they can make Tom Brady uncomfortable. That is the only recipe that you can use to beat the Patriots. you got to win at the point of attack. This guy is defensive player of the year. He has to step up and play like the defensive player of the year against them. All right, who else we got here? Philadelphia Eagles, it's all about their big back combo. Jay Ajay and LeGarrette Blunt need them to step up. We've talked about it being a Nick Foles game, but if the Eagles can get it on different terms and conditions, meaning the running game and their running backs can pave the way, you have to feel good about it if you Doug Peterson. We saw those guys both make their mark in the last game in the divisional round. I think we need to see him do it again, not only as runners, but Jay Ajay maybe in the screen game. Look for the amount of scrimmage yards. If these guys are able to total 150 to 175 scrimmage yards, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles are well on their way to make an appearance to Super Bowl 52. J.J. did a great job in pass protection against the Falcons. He'll need to do the same thing in this game. All right, I'm going to go to the other side here with the Minnesota Vikings. Kyle Rudolph in a game with two great defenses, Philly and Minnesota. You've got to cash in on your red zone opportunities. These teams are going to be able to move the ball down there. To me, it can be decided about sevens versus threes. Kyle Rudolph can be that X factor, can be that big-time player when you get down, especially inside the 10-yard line. Just throw it up to him. They'll split him out. They'll give him some opportunities. Going to be him going up against one of the best safeties in the league in Malcolm Jenkins. That's going to be a great matchup to watch. He's got to step up in a big way if the Vikings go on the road and get a win. He absolutely has to step up because when you think about the best way to stop those two wide receivers on the outside is play some form of two-deep coverage. Cover two, roll up the corners, jam, basically double-team Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. That leaves Kyle Rudolph working one-on-one down the middle of the field, and it may be against Michael Kendricks. You have to like that matchup for you, the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe we'll see a little duck-duck-goose Kyle Rudolph gets in the end zone. Oh, there you go. That was, uh, that was push past the expected Presented by Visa, and let's uh, let's shift gears now, Buck. The uh, the draft, it's not that far away. We've what? got some. It's a big is day. Coming. This it's is coming. a big day. We never talk about the draft. I know we are going to though. This is a big day because it's the deadline for underclassmen to declare, and you kind of take a look at some of the big names, which I think we're over a hundred again. It's a huge, so unbelievable. huge group so of underclassmen. You see the board here with the quarterbacks with Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen. Um, Baker Mayfield, the senior, that's why he's not up there. you got Saquon Barkley, Quentin Nelson, the big guard from Notre Dame, Vita Vey from uh, Washington, talented defensive tackle. you got a pass rusher in Arden Key, Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James, two studs in the secondary. 
a lot of big-time dudes, but how about some guys you're most excited about? Doesn't necessarily have to be the best player, but just someone you cannot wait to follow through this process. The best player in the draft may be Saquon Barkley. That's why I'm excited to see what he's able to do in the National Football League. This is a guy that is outstanding at every aspect of playing a position. He can run it. He can catch it. He's a guy that is also a valuable part of the return game. This is a unique playmaker at the position. If you're in offense looking to juice it up, Saquon Barkley is your guy. Who's your comp? You know, I'm, I'm going to say he reminds me of Frank Gore. He reminds me of vintage Frank Gore in his prime at San Francisco, meaning he is a scrimmage yard machine. He is a guy that can probably get over 22 to 2,400 scrimmage yards on any given year, meaning he can catch 400, he can rush 400, he can do it in a variety of ways. I believe he's very, very similar to the way Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson are able to be used. You can line him up in the backfield. You can put him out wide. Regardless of where he's at, he creates a mismatch. No, he's, I think he's the best player in the draft. You mentioned maybe. I think he is. Uh, I'll go to uh, to one of my favorite players. Now, he's not going to be picked in the top ten. But Christian Kirk, a guy we had on the pod a little bit earlier this year, to me, he's ready-made. It's clear packaging. I know exactly what I'm getting with him, which is a premier slot receiver who can also help you in the return game. And I think he's strong enough to be able to hang, to, to hold on and, and play outside if you wanted him to. I just love everything about him, the maturity in him as a person and the maturity of his game, Buck. Uh, to me, he's a, he's a can't-miss guy. Go ahead and pull the trigger, and you're going to be very happy with him. He's going to play for 10-plus years. And when I look for a comparison, same body type as Golden Tate. Uh, we've seen Golden Tate be very, very productive first in Seattle, then in Detroit. These guys are built like running backs, and after the catch, they're tough to get down, very competitive. I love me some uh, some Christian Kirk. I love Christian Kirk. I think the way that he goes about his business, the way he prepares, he's going to be an outstanding pro. The comparison to Golden Tate is a good one because he makes the magic happen when he gets the ball in his hands. Christian Kirk is someone who can impact the game, not only as a receiver, but as a return man. And you know, I love looking at punt returners that can play the position. Their ability to make things happen in traffic is something that is invaluable for an offense. He is a catch-and-run specialist. I think he should have an outstanding career as a pro. All right, give me another one. Calvin Ridley. We talk about two receivers that can make it happen. Christian Kirk being able to work inside and outside. Calvin Ridley is a pure number one receiver. Outstanding route runner, very polished, has those what I call snatch it hands, plucks the ball out the air, can make it happen when he gets in the open field. And even though I would say he's underutilized at Alabama, I believe this is a day one starter, a guy that is ready to go as soon as he steps on to the, the field. I'm looking for Calvin Ridley to be an all-pro player in a very, very short time. Give me a comp here. Um, he reminds me of our colleague, Reggie Wayne. And the reason, I Reg. him, the reason I compare him to Reggie Wayne, Reggie Wayne quietly went about his business. First opposite Marvin Harrison, then ascended to being the number one receiver. You talk about a clean route runner, a guy that can kind of fit in, does it in a very a, a crafty way. I believe Calvin really is very, very similar. In fact, I would tell Calvin, you know what? I think you spend a lot of time looking at old 87 highlights from the Indianapolis Colts. Your games are so similar that I think you can have that kind of production, that kind of impact on the team as a number one receiver. Who was number 12 for the Colts, by the way? I saw some highlights of him throwing the football to uh, – Is that Jim Sorgi? No, no, no. Jim Sorgi? Oh, Andrew Curtis Luck. Yeah, oh, I forgot. Oh, Andrew Luck. I forgot his number. He hasn't played in so long. He played there. Uh, look, I'm going to go. This is my – you say that everybody's saying this is my crush in the draft because I don't. Oh, shut you up do have a crush. It. I love you man Jermaine crush. Edmonds. I love this dude, man. In the game that he has, listed at six foot five, let's give him six foot four, two hundred forty plus pounds. He primarily plays off the ball as a linebacker. Rush him some off the edge, Buck. But to me, you look at Anthony Barr and how unique he was coming out of UCLA, and people wondered how you're going to use him. I just know he is big. He's explosive. He's instinctive. 
He can cover. He can do anything you want him to do, and he's enormous. I love his game, and I think he is perfect for today's NFL. You see Anthony Barr uh, making plays with a pick there against the New Orleans Saints this last weekend. I think this kid can do everything Anthony Barr can do. I think he's going to be an outstanding pro. Well, I mean, I, I love it. I had the opportunity to watch him at the Camping World Tour Bowl, whatever nice. you call, down in Orlando. And he, he got it done. He was all over the field, athletic. He's terrific. He's versatile. He can do a lot of things very, very similar to the way Anthony Barr was able to do him at UCLA, and now he's been able to do him in Minnesota. Great comparison. I think the more people – Take the time to study him and dig into his dude. game. He has an opportunity to be a big-time dude. He's going to go a lot higher than some people think. All right, well, I've got a, I got a flight to catch here in just a couple hours. Oh, yeah? Heading down there. I know you're going down there, too, to Tampa. Mm-hmm. We've got the East-West Shrine game coming up, and that's uh, that's first. Then after that, we're going to end up having the Reese's Senior Bowl. But this East-West Shrine game, when you look at some of the names participating in this year's contest – We've seen we've seen dudes come out of this game and have a big time impact at the. We next saw Jimmy level. Garoppolo have a big performance no there that kind of catapulted him. Then he got an opportunity in the Senior Bowl. So yes, this is a big time game for all of these players. Everyone is always looking at Kirby. quarterback Riley Ferguson, J.T. Barrett, Quentin Flowers, running backs. You have Justin Jackson, Deshaun Hamilton, wide receiver for Penn State, Cody O'Neill, come from Wazoo. Pona Cody O'Connell's a big dude, man. Cody O'Neill. Oh, you got your Irish names confused. Where did I get that from, Cody O'Connell? Pona Ford, Chad Thomas, Kenny Young. I guy. Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a podcast uh, vet there. Uh, how about just to highlight a couple names? Why don't we just pick two names? Just go through them real quick here. You're looking forward to seeing down there. JT Barrett. Yep. Quarterback everyone loves from the Big Ten, JT Barrett. I want to see. Remember when you had you tried been. to talk yourself into JT Barrett? I did, but I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and talk to him. In fact, I liken him to Jacoby Brissett. We'll see if that comparison <laughs> plays out after watching him throw. I the feel ball like you reeled that back in. I yeah, feel like but, you but put I'm, that but in. But I'm coming back. As it soon started as I get into the boat. He had a bad. He, he had, almost he had got into the boat, and you uh, threw almost. that fish right back out into the water. I threw it back because then he had four interceptions the next game. But it was right before the Iowa game. I think so. It was. That's it was, right. I was all in because he had a really, really big performance against they beat somebody. Penn State. Penn they beat Penn State. State. I was like, oh, he looks so good. He's ready. He's uh, a winner. He's you had the, solid. You had the fish the in the boat. He has the leadership skills and the intangibles. Well, now I'm going to get a firsthand look at how good JT Barrett is. Let's see if he can use this performance to catapult himself into draft range. Uh, I'm going to say at the quarterback position, Riley Ferguson. Ooh, love my guy, Riley. How about Riley Ferguson? Can He can go ahead and say, hey, you guys want to talk about uh, Josh Rosen and, and all the stuff he's doing and how he could be the top overall pick. Last I checked, he came down here and wanted to wanted to mess with the Memphis. Yeah, didn't end so well for didn't him. Didn't end so well, no. Uh, look, he's he is a really fun player to watch in just such a loaded quarterback class. These guys, have they have to really do something in these all-star games to, to set themselves apart because it's just a long list of guys with all these underclassmen that came out. Long list of guys. Riley Ferguson is one of my favorites. I have a personal relationship. Him, coached him at a couple of Nike events, and he whooped my dad's team in a state championship game. He was a sophomore, so I'm, I'm kind of a believer. Uh, maybe Ferguson. that's why you didn't put him as well. <laughs> watch. All right, give me one more. Kenny Young, linebacker from UCLA. Look, we met him in the summer, had an opportunity to talk to him at – Pac-12 Media Day, outstanding kid, bright, articulate, but even a better player. This is a guy that runs around sideline to sideline, chaser. He has an opportunity to really help himself. He needs to be a guy that kind of steps up on this big stage and shows people that he can be an impact player. If he does that, I think he has an opportunity to enhance his draft status. All right, this one real quick. Chad Thomas uh, for me from the University of Miami. I haven't even got a chance to study him yet. There's a a little bit of buzz building on him. The reason I put him on here is somebody to watch because I want to talk to him. Our good friend uh, Lance Airline, who's always tries to – he has to go get all the background on these guys. So he's uh, got to yeah. talk to all his scouting buddies and get all the background. 
Uh, I was talking to him the other day, and he told me that this kid is a uh, is a music producer. Oh, who's produced tracks with DJ Khaled among others? Ooh, Khaled! So I'm looking forward to just getting some background. I want to talk to this kid, Chad Thomas, and find out what his story is. Sounds like he's got a uh, pretty interesting story to go along with the uh, a really really athletic uh, edge rusher there. So How about somebody, that? Something to look good. forward to seeing. Uh, that's going to do it for us here, Buck. Oh wow, that's it. Yeah, that's all. That's all we got. Somebody's yelling in my ear back there, but I couldn't understand you. What do we got there? Sonny? Yeah, uh, your song was in Jerry Maguire. It was pocket full of rainbows. Yep, Elvis Poc- Presley, correct? Elvis Presley. Thank yep. You. Wow, just disappointed in you guys. Yeah, yeah that was. I'm bad. 40 years ago. old, but I've got the uh, oh, soul of, an, of a 90 year old. <laughs> yep, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> anyways, nice, nice research back there, Sully. Yeah. Buck, how many days a week to pod? Three days a week. You always typically can catch us Sunday night slash Monday mornings, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Three opportunities to hear us drop some knowledge. All of our videos, NFL.com slash MTS video, which we will have uh, some X's and O's breaking down these conference championship games. You're going to want to check that out. That's going to do it for us today. Though. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thanks for listening. This has been Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. We'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.